0: We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. So today, I love technology. I love different time zones. I love that. We can figure this out. Thank you, Zoom. We are speaking to Libby Robertson. She'll tell you where she's from, although I'm sure the minute she starts speaking, go ahead, give it a guess. Anyway, we talk a lot about mindset here. We talk a lot about how you have the power, like you've always had the power, and you don't need the red ruby shoes and click them together to know that we've got the power. And Libby has an interesting story. Obviously, it started in one place, and now she finds herself in a wonderful place. But in order to get to Oz, you had to find the Yellow Brick Road. You had to meet the characters, get your tribe. You had to do a lot of things, and she's no exception. She's going to start her story. But first, I say thank you, thank you, thank you for being here today. Thank you.
1: So much, Stephanie, for having me and for inviting me onto this amazing podcast. I love what you're doing in the world, and to everyone who is tuning in and listening. Thank you so much for being here and having these conversations and bringing more joy into the world by just here, yeah. being here. So by amazing. being
0: here and just and just connecting the whole idea of that, but another time because I want to know about libby Libby Libby, all things, Libby, because everybody knows. When there's more than one, you know, you don't put yourself in the box. I'm a this, I'm a this, and then I also do this, and then I also do that. Obviously, you qualify in in some of those respects. So let's start. Tell us your story
1: anywhere you want to start. All righty, let's go for it. So I'll just share what's coming through. So for those of you who haven't guessed it, I am not from Australia. I am from New Zealand, (laughs) and we're next to Australia for anyone who doesn't know. Mm -hmm. I was a typical. In New Zealand, we drink a lot. I think it's the same in the States. I think there's mm-hmm. quite a. And I was raised around a lot of alcohol. I was raised around a lot of partying. There was a lot of domestic. Not so much physical domestic abuse, but a lot of psychological, emotional. And I started partying a lot in when I was about 13, 14 years old. I was drinking by like binge drinking every weekend by the time I was 14. And you know, it was a lot of fun. I had so much fun. It was a great time. It was great. If everyone, if you wanted to go out partying, I was your go to and we'd have a fun night dancing on tables probably. And I'd shout all the tequila and. I would wake up every single morning after a big night out and over the years it just got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and the shame the anxiety the guilt you know those feelings of mm-hmm. what last night what the heck happened just that feeling of being so sick in your stomach not knowing but knowing that something kind of bad happened right and it was so intense that I would just, the only way to get through it would be to start drinking again. So that was my life. I worked really hard. I actually got through my whole psychology degree. I worked my way up in corporate. I started as a travel agent and we used to work hard, play hard, travel around the world, get massive epic rewards in our career. And, it, you know, and it was just like this perpetual cycle of, partying hard and then I couldn't get out of it so I'd drink even more to make myself numb the pain that I was feeling and then one day in 2016 it was the 30th of January I'll always remember this
0: mm-hmm.
1: I had one of those nights where I was I hadn't even gone to sleep and I'm trying to work out what's going on and I'm in the hospital and I've got a neck brace on I've got no pants on I've got a hospital gown on. And there's a nurse shining a light in my eyes, like, okay.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And she has told me that the night before I had tried to end my life and jumped out of a window from the second story onto concrete and that it was a miracle that I was alive. Wow. And so I'd had warnings beforehand. I'd had... Signs, and I knew Mm -hmm. that I had to do something about what was becoming a very big problem and Mm -hmm. causing issues in my life and in my relationships. And so, being there in the hospital, my boyfriend at the time had left. My parents were there. It was the most embarrassing moment, the most shameful moment. Mm. And my mom was sitting in the corner of the bed, and she goes, "Libby, like this is not good. What are you going to do?" And in that moment, Stephanie, this is where, like, I don't know if you've ever had one of those moments where you're speaking, but it doesn't feel like you speaking and you're speaking, but you know that as the words are coming out, it's truth. And there's no going back from here. And so the how, word, ha-
0: how it has to be. Yeah.
1: It's true. And so I, I really describe this moment. Like it was a bit like my soul was taking over, right? It's like mm-hmm. I drink again and this was not like, oh, I'm never drinking again, Sunday hangover kind of talk. This was a declaration. And mm-hmm. from moment on, it was honestly just, all right, how am I going to do this? There's no going back from here. It was, you know, I, I would find myself waking up a couple of days after realizing that I've got a really big problem and I need to do something about it. And I don't know anyone that lives a life without alcohol. I don't know anyone that's sober. I don't know mm. any had to go through what I'm about to embark on. And I would find myself waking up in the middle of the night thinking that, Oh, thank God it was just a bad dream. Oh no, this is my, this is reality right now without the alcohol, without the drinking, without the party girl nature, without everything that I've ever known without my, my main thing that I always turn to, who am I? And one day at a time from that moment, here we are now it's 2023. Mm-hmm. Congratulations! Thank you very much. That's what like, seven and a half years, seven and a half years sober, and mm-hmm. one day at a time. And in that time, it's been a, you know I've started a business, I've started two businesses, multiple brands. We've gone global. We've I've just realised we've just celebrated the coolest milestone because now we, in our business, help have helped people in every continent around the world, aside oh. from. Ant-
0: Uh, that's wonderful congratulations yeah yeah and that's That's fun having like a world map out
1: yeah so that's kind of the context of what I do now and and the way that I serve now not so much around recovery or addiction but it was definitely a life transformation that I couldn't you know I don't think we go through challenges in our life to keep them to ourselves. I think we go through these you know, huge adversities to then be able to share what we've learned with others and just help each other mm. rise.
0: That is your tagline on your email. And um, something tells me it's, we'll find that thread throughout your businesses. And that is together we rise. Very powerful. Just knowing that you might've felt like you were all alone in that hospital room, like, shit, now I said that. And granted, it's easy to say you're in a hospital bed, you've got a neck brace on, lucky to be alive, and, and you can make all your deals you want with your, with your creator. But it is a one day at a time. And then to take that experience and really to share it for others that are going through something similar. And, you know, your words just might resonate when they know it's too much. It's too much. Ironically, on the sober living bandwagon this past year, we started out, we were traveling a lot. We were going out almost every week. And it's my husband and I have got grown kids. We just have our new grandson, but we love to. It's part of what we do. You know, Friday nights, where are we going? Saturday nights, where are we going? What are we doing? And, And even during the week, I work across the street from a brewery. There are days where I'll be like, well, let's go for a beer. So things were a lot of fun in the beginning. And then April Fool's weekend, April 1st, it was coming off of a week here, weekends here, Friday night here, sleeping till 1230 on Saturday. I had to get up because I was late for a bar crawl. My friend's birthday's bar crawl. i am late to get at the bar. Let's go. And uh, day drinking never really does serve me well slept late Sunday into the afternoon and yeah, something probably happened. And I was just like, you know what? I've just wasted a weekend. I work Monday through Friday. I only have 48 hours. So I was having my cousin's wedding the next weekend and I declared on Wednesday that I wasn't going to drink that weekend. I thought they were all going to have a whiplash from them just in being total disbelief with me. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm really, I'm not going to drink. I didn't know if I could do it or not. I had to prove it. And I did. I had a great time. I drank some, you know, seltzer and water, hydrated, danced the night away. And I kept it for no particular space or time. So I probably went like nine and a half weeks, almost 10 weeks. And then I said, okay, I think I'll have a beer now. And now one or two and I'm good. And it's not even every time. It's so interesting the world that when you're the only one not drinking
1: yeah you're right so you've you've walked through that as well hey and how is it oh rest-
0: I've I've walked through it yeah. believe me at first everybody was like they needed a deadline like okay how long is this gonna last like oh when are you gonna start drinking again I'm not, yeah, I don't really feel, I just didn't feel like it. I liked waking up early. I liked the way my body felt. I liked that I could remember everything without having to scroll through my phone and be like, ooh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 62. It's not, I shouldn't have documentation (laughs) like those things. And I definitely honestly see it as probably my future. And you don't need the alcohol. I I want to really pay a little better tribute to my vessel, to this body, and keep it around for a little while longer.
1: Yeah. How good are these conversations when we realize that and just as you're talking, you know, like scrolling through your phone, trying to remember what you did last night. I was just having flashbacks of so scrolling through my bank mm-hmm. statement before we had it was before I really um, had, you know, phone mm-hmm. phone. But it was mm-hmm. like which bars did I go to? How much money did I spend there? And like tracing the night through the bank statement of where you go. And it just, that was like so common and how cool to realize that, hey, we get this one life abusing our bodies. It is
0: so amazing. So with all of that, I know mindset came around and I don't know, again, was it the chicken or the egg? You are reinventing yourself because you don't know anyone else, because you said you started at such a young age. So where does all of the enlightenment
1: come from? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. I, Stephanie, I have been obsessed with, and I don't know why, I couldn't tell you why, but for as long as I remember, I have been so curious and so obsessed with the power that we have as humans around our ability to change our attitude and choose our attitude. And I remember being 12 years old and doing a, a talk, you know, you do a talk at school and my talk was on the power of attitude. And the opening line, mm-hmm. I still, remember, but it was whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're probably right by Henry Ford. And I, I say that because then, you know. Henry I was 12, Ford, yeah. Talking about the power of mindset and attitude. And I would do things like as a teenager, I would go to these events or retreats. And I remember being 13 or 14. I wasn't drinking at these camps, but I would be looking after younger children, like seven or eight years old, and find myself Mm -hmm. helping break up fights and sort of coaching them in a way. And I remember thinking in those moments. I remember 13 or 14. I remember this little boy had just got in a fight with his friend. And remember crouching next to him and and talking to him about his attitude and about his mindset and about his ability to change his perspective of what had happened. Now, I can't tell you where that kind of wisdom comes from on the 13 or 14 year old. But what I do know is that I feel mm-hmm. like there's that I've always had. And then when I went to university, studied psychology, that kind of gave me the foundation in a professional sense and in formal education to realize that, Hey, we actually have these powerful pieces of technology right in our in our in our head, right? This incredible brain that we have. And most of us can think of our mind as our biggest form of sabotage or the thing that gets in our way, but it's also the thing that is the gateway into the most phenomenal life, which isn't created from circumstances, it's created from our perception. And so I have always just been fascinated. This is even before I started healing from my own addiction was looking at how can I change, you know, I didn't have, my parents loved me, but it wasn't a fabulous upbringing. It was, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't, but it was sure. Constantly just looking at how can I make the most of this life? How can I change what I'm looking at right now? How can I leave my baggage at the door so I can walk into work today and give my best to my company that I'm working for, to the people that I'm serving? And I believe there's perhaps Mm -hmm. maybe a element of that that I've always kind of had as well of just realizing that there's more to life than meets the eye and learning to look at things in different perspectives. And so when I got sober, I would go to counselor's office or I'd go to some AA meetings and and I remember one counselor saying to me she goes you've decided to get sober I don't know how much more I can do. because normally I'm used to helping people that don't want to and they don't know how to get through this and I'm trying to convince them but you're actually doing more work than than I'm able to help you with so I think that for me was a an, an indicator of huh there wasn't necessarily a professional modality or professional format that I followed. And by realizing that and having that reflected back to me by a professional, by a counselor of, hey, my own work that I'm doing on myself is more impactful than the work Mm -hmm. she's doing. Mm -hmm. Um, It kind of made me go, well, what? imagine if i could share that with others and so that's when i started a blog and that's when i started sharing what i was learning as i was getting sober which eventually became a coaching business because people were just like how do you do this please can you help me and i'm like sure i'll do my best but something that
0: you take for not for granted but you're like okay well this is kind of my walk my you know this is the path that i'm walking on and there's so much power in words and there's so much power in Again, even if one other person validates what you're saying and just can relate and had something, you know, similar in this week's blog versus whatever it was, it really, it speaks to everybody out there. And you're so right by sharing it. And that's why most people I speak to on this, on this platform, on this podcast, they've walked through the fire. And the yes are on the other side, which is, you know, why I want to hear the before and the after, because that's what it is. It's, you know, you do, don't get stuck in the in between every day. One step, one step gets you a little further toward that light, toward, you know, the, the realization of, yes, I can change this. No, I don't have to. And I don't like using the word accept, but shit, I can be anything. I want. I can be as badass or as laid back as I want. Nobody has to tell me how to be.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I think there's something so powerful in that of finding our alignment and what that is rather than Mm it being wrong or good or bad. It's just what's true for us and who are we wanting to be in this life and who are we at the core essence without all the... Stuff that we walk with each day and
0: and speaking of so you have mindset you have your process do you journal do you say I'm so grateful gratitude I'm so grateful now that do you you mentioned that you you had a boyfriend at the time of the accident and I know now you have a husband because he works with you in the business and if I'm correct I'm going to say stay with me everybody manifested you didn't manifest him, perhaps you manifested the idea of what you wanted, and along he comes.
1: Okay, so this is a story for you. Yes, okay, I manifested the dream relationship, but I did not know what manifestation was. All I oh, knew, you did it by accident, even better by accident. And so, the boyfriend that left me when I was in the hospital because I had been when I was drinking. That was, I think, the third relationship to break up, but there was something different about him. And I had felt before he left, I felt that he was the one. And so when he left and I realized that I had messed up royally, big time, and knew that he wasn't coming, wasn't coming to the hospital. Those first days when I was getting sober, I was focusing on my commitment to my life and my devotion Mm -hmm. to me wasn't even thinking about who I would end up marrying one day. I decided that I would be dumb to not try and get him back and that I would be wasting a really, really good relationship that I had messed up. And on, I think it was about three or four days after the the incident Mm in hospital, I decided to send him flowers I, didn't, I hadn't messaged him. I'd honoured that he wanted space. And I think we must have exchanged a few messages. I'd picked up my things from his mm-hmm. house and I just, no contact, but I sent him flowers. He got home from work that day and I got a message, a text message from him. And he just said, Hey, Libby, got the flowers. Thank you so much. What I didn't realise was that same day, he had gone to work in the morning and he'd said, you know, in his own way to the universe, if she's the one, because he knew that there was something stronger there as mm-hmm. a sh- okay gave me a sign, and then he got home from work and I had sent him flowers on his doorstep. Mm-hmm. So we started chatting again, and about a week later, we organised to have a conversation. And I shared with him, look, regardless of what happens with us, I know that you're done. I know that my behaviour has been unacceptable. You don't deserve to be treated like that. Whatever happens, I've decided to get clean and sober, and that's the path that I'm going to take. For my life, and so he sits for a minute. He said, "Right, well, I'll do it with you."
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Wow! I now I have to like buckle up. This story is taking a lot of twists and turns. (sighs) I'll do it with you. All right. (laughs) And he did. And he did. Is this boyfriend your husband? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? You being the catalyst. With a great history and a great story, by the way. Thank you. Yes. Great. I mean, it's like, how else does that even happen? It doesn't. So you work with your husband? Yeah. In the business?
1: business so
0: talk to me a little more about that please because it's enough to and how long have you guys been married we've been married in november will be five years because i'm into it almost 40 and i could never i shouldn't say never working with i want to hear talk to me i need some secrets i need some tips how do you do it successfully
1: well, we're only five years in. Maybe we can have this conversation in another 35 years, but...
0: <laughs> no, no, that's fine. That's fine. Listen, it's five years more than me, so
1: please go. So to start with, like we, we've both been through such massive transformations, like who we were when we met, then we broke up, both decided to individually change our lives and get back together and go on this path. And we've always had the belief of living our own life without too much without codependence but rather interdependence and i've always said i'm you know i'm such a free spirit and dane has he's never held me back if i wanted to go traveling i would go traveling he would stay at home and so we've always had this really beautiful freedom and i mean it's kind of like that saying if you want something what is it if you want something let it go and if it comes back then it's then it's there to stay beautiful. and
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a business that You know, it really started because he had a good salary working in corporate and we saved up. We bought our first house. We're both still Mm -hmm. working jobs and I received a couple of promotions and I was doing my blog and I was doing free coaching at this stage because I just wanted to help people Mm -hmm. literally wanted to help and running free workshops. And so I'm working super hard, you know, every seven days a week, pretty much. I wasn't drinking, so my whole weekend's Mm -hmm. free. And he, you were
0: free, you had some time, <laughs>
1: free time. He, he could see how hard I was working, but he could also see how much I was super passionate about what I was doing for free, the coaching that I was doing for free. I wasn't happy in my corporate job, even though I'd received the promotions and I was working my way up. And I just literally, I said to him one day,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to quit my job. And he's like, you can't do that. What about the mortgage? I <laughs> always laugh about this moment, the what about the mortgage moment? And he Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. comes back to me and he goes, right, I've thought about it. If you want to quit your job, if you want to quit, we will figure it out. We will make, we will make it work. I earn enough to get us by it. It's not it's going to be stretchy, but we'll be able to make it work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I quit corporate, start the business by myself. And I say to him one day, Dane, like, why do you have to go to work? I would love it if you were just at home and we could just like stay at home working, working from home together. You cannot make this stuff up. That weekend, he got a concussion at rugby. Mm -hmm. So he did not work. It was his third concussion and he was knocked out. And so he went on like a worker's compensation. Mm -hmm. And he was on that for months while he was healing and recovering and I kind of, you know, we're kind of, we laugh about it now. It was pretty, it was pretty hard time to walk through. It was, he had lots of mood swings and it, it, concussions are really mm-hmm. interesting.
0: And the healing like, process, because it's no end time
1: to it. Yeah. Yeah. So it took about a year for him to fully heal, mm. maybe longer actually. Mm-hmm. But at that time he was just, he kind of went through what I went through with my at like early stages of addiction recovery because he was just laying down having to sleep all the time having to reflect on his life and think about stuff and our salary because we had based our decision on him being able to support us mm-hmm. uh, like 70 percent of the government support what you would normally get well like, I have to make this business work like I have to in order for us to survive. I have to make it work. Right. So I turned things up a notch. I got the mindset of success. I'm like, this just is the only option. And he was watching and go, he goes, I don't want to go back to work. I don't want to go back to work in corporate. Like, what are we doing with our life? Let me support mm-hmm. you because two of us doing one mission is going to allow us to go further than us both trying to do something separately. Yeah, he started to step in behind the scenes, and he's now the managing director of the company. But mm-hmm. he would help out with tech. He would help out with extra stuff. He would help to manage the team. I'm, I, I don't necessarily enjoy managing people. Mm-hmm. I'm really holding the vision, but I, I don't like the managing aspect of it. So he would do that, and and really, we've just got this beautiful dynamic happening where I don't know I don't know how we do it. It just I think we're just on the same page. We call each other out. We know what we're each responsible mm-hmm. for We've got separate roles so we don't interfere. Mm-hmm. We did have a lot of butting heads to start with as two alphas trying to trying to lead and run right. the show.
0: And then yeah. you establish your you you figure out what's worth it. But then also when you you said it earlier when you step into your own power, you don't like managing, you know, so let someone else do that. And they do it as easily as you do with probably the content and the thoughts and the whole design of the business. That's again, that's your strength. Exactly. So it's nice to divide and conquer when you do have someone that is good at that part of it. So The businesses, and we spoke in plural, let's hear the names of them, please, and what they are.
1: Yeah. So we've got paradigm, which is, it's all about creating a whole new way, a whole new way of business, of leadership, of how, especially as women, we lead, how we run business, how we operate in mindfulness and spirituality. And really that is, at the moment we're providing business coaching, mostly for female Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs and workplace wellness solutions. So that's business one. Paradigm mm-hmm. double, double I. School of Spiritual Healing Arts is the second business that we run, which is literally a school for spiritual healing arts. And we teach breath work. We teach a holistic healing. So we run an initiation program with a, a modality called Energetic Intelligence, which we've created and founded over the last five and a bit years. We're actually longer, mm-hmm. but... Mm-hmm. And really, training people another way, where most of the people that we train and that we work with, like myself, Western medicine or the Western route for healing hasn't necessarily worked as we would hope it to. But I infuse a bit of psychology, mm-hmm. right? West meets East, in the holistic healing school. So, yeah, those are the two two businesses, and so and fun. these
0: businesses are online. And imagine this is seven years in the making, not even. So isn't that crazy? I don't know if you ever looked ahead to say, hey, when I'm, you know, at this bridge or at this milestone, I want to be doing X or doing Y. I don't know if you ever dreamed it, but it's great. You're a great example of you may not have thought about it seven years ago and here you have these global successful entities in existence with probably more to come right
1: you're just warming up yeah it was Something. Funny, though. when I left high school I did say everyone you had to go on stage and say what you're going to do when you're when you're growing up and I said mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. right he's graduating and Libby is one day going to own a nightclub <laughs> And the whole crowd just okay.
0: Starex because the <laughs> they yeah, it it's the place to party. Let's go to Libby's. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. I want to just be a little respectful of your time. This story is like just so mind boggling. Where do you hang out? Where can people find you?
1: Talk to me. Thanks so much, Stephanie. So on Instagram or on Facebook, I think we connected on we connected on Facebook. So I'm on Facebook, Libby Robertson, and mm-hmm. then on Instagram as well, either the Libby Robertson, that's my page, or paradigm or at paradigm double r double i and at School of Spiritual Healing Arts. Super. Well,
0: we're going to put all of that in the show links. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for making this work. I appreciate that. And I can't wait to see what else it holds. You just, it's always such a great reminder. What obviously it was a bad day for you, but it wasn't the end. You know, someone else had other plans for you and you had the mindset and the wherewithal to not know the answers, but to still go forward with that. Really impressive.
1: Thank you. And thank you so much for having me and for the work and the conversations that you're bringing into the world with us.
0: Well, thanks to people like you. We'll keep them coming. I really do appreciate it. All right, everybody. Website, joyfoundhere.com. Comments, comments, comments. Five, count them. Five, five, five star reviews. That's right. Keep them coming because we're we're approaching the hundred review mark and we're getting very, very excited about that. As always, we couldn't do this without your support each and every week. And until next week, be well. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week. Keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.